There's a word from the Lord this morning. As we continue this series of messages that God has given us since the beginning of this year, the series is simply called Faith Matters. I've got a message for you. Your faith does matter, okay? This is the 14th message in this series. Our text for this message is found in an iconic reference of Holy Scripture. In fact, I shared it on Friday at the installation of our dear brother, Dr. Ronnie Hopkins at the Voorhees University. It is Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11. And we're reading from the New Living Translation. This is one of my absolute favorite scriptures. I tell people all the time, I'm not one of those kind of pastors who you impress by how many scriptures you can memorize. However, there are some that you ought to memorize. (laughs) And perhaps this is one that I will encourage all of you to embed in your memory bank so that when the enemy comes against you and the enemy challenges your existence, challenges your destiny, I need you to know this word. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11 For God says through the prophetic voice of Jeremiah, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. There are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. We ask God's blessings on the reading and the hearing of his words. For the next few moments before you sit down, I need you to declare something with me, and that is our subject for today's message, the 14th message in this series. Simply look at somebody. We don't hug, we don't touch anymore, not as much anymore. (laughs) Amen. But just look at someone and say, faith in his plans. God bless you. Clap those hands and take your seat. Faith in his plan. Listen, I said this this morning at the early service, at the eight o'clock service, and it is worth repeating now. And that is we all at some point in our lives have wondered about our purpose. Am I right about it? Amen. We all have perhaps found ourselves at some point questioning God's plan for our lives. Or just maybe, listen to this, we have questioned if God really has a plan for our life. I am very transparent. I don't mind mentioning how human I am. There have been times in my life in which I wondered if God even had a plan for my life. Listen, the enemy would have us believe that the Lord doesn't have a plan for us on this day in which we dedicated babies back to the Lord. The enemy would have you believe that even if God does have a plan, 
Can you have faith in God's plan? Can you trust what God is doing in your life? Can you trust him when you can't trace him? Can you trust him when you don't feel him? Can you trust him when you're leaving the cemetery, just burying someone who means so much to you? Grandmother, mother, father, husband, wife, child. Can you trust God when your heart is broken? Listen, it has always been the enemy's strategy to have us doubt what God has declared in our lives. It just now has not started happening in 2022. This has happened since the beginning of existence of humanity. We find in the third chapter of the book of Genesis, Adam and Eve, Adam the first man, Eve the first woman, the Bible tells us that were created. You know the story, you've heard it since Sunday school, how they were placed in the garden and God gave them very specific instructions. Everything around you is yours. In fact, you can name them. <laughs> they named the animals. God says, there's one tree in the midst of the garden I don't want you to touch. Uh, and if you do, God says, you will surely die. When the third chapter, verses four and five of the book of Genesis, it reads, you won't die, the serpent replied. Serpent who's used by the enemy said to the woman, God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat. And here's the serpent talking to the woman. You will be like God, knowing both good and evil. So the first man, the first woman on earth, the first strategy of disobedience by the enemy was to get them to doubt what God has declared over their lives. I'm here to tell you the enemy has not changed his strategy. When God says you're blessed, the enemy says, no, you aren't. When God says you're going to graduate, the enemy says you never will. When, when God says, I'll turn it around for you and your family, the enemy says, I don't believe it. Uh, the truth is, God does have a plan for our success. Can I say that again? God does have a plan for your success, for our success. Even when we do not think things are going the way we may desire for them to go. Even in the face of adversity, even when our backs are against the wall, even when tears are streaming down our face, even when our hearts have been broken, God, even after we've been laid off our jobs, even when gas is $5 a gallon, even when we can't pay our light bill, God still has a plan for our success. 
Listen, the Lord has never promised us that his plan would be easy. That's not a promise of God. However, he has promised that he would not put more on us than what we're able to bear. Listen to what Paul writes to the church in Corinth. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, the New King James Version, Paul writes these encouraging words. Paul says, and I quote, no temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. In other words, you're not the first one to go through what you're going through. He says, but God is faithful. I'm going to try that again because that deserves a hand clap. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make a way of escape. But I don't want you to miss the last clause of this verse. Here's how you escape. That you might be able to bear it. <laughs> Paul says you're going to escape. You're not going to miss it. You're going to bear it. You're not going to shake it off. You're going to bear it. You're not going to avoid it. You are going to bear it. Is there anybody under the sound of my voice, virtual or live, who knows that you've been through so much, but God has given you the strength to bear it through many dangerous toils and snares? I've already come. Don't fool me. Now, how many of you have been through so much? How many of you know you've had a hard time, but you made it over? How many of you know that trouble has been in your way? Better days are coming by and by. Ah, somebody know I'm going to bear this. I'm going to press my way. Ooh, I feel like preaching to somebody. I feel like telling somebody, you can't, listen, hold on. Everything you can't shake off. Preach Pastor Jackson. Let me preach to this side of the church. Everything you cannot shake off. Some things God mean for you to go through it. And so when you come through what you couldn't shake off, you're going to be stronger than what you've ever been before. Somebody in here right now has a testimony that I'm better, not bitter. I could have been bitter, but I chose to be better. Woo! Anybody better, better, better? You're better, better, better. Are you better? Are you better? Because of what you came through, somebody just open your mouth and say, Lord, I'm better. Thank you for my trouble. Thank you for my hardship. Thank you. I needed somebody to close a door in my face. I needed somebody to treat me like dirt. Woo. Some hardships, heartbreaks, 
in your life were ordained by God. <laughs> that relationship that did not work out, God said, I needed you to get your heart broken because I need to make you better, not bitter. Uh, is there anybody in here better, not bitter? I, I, I'm trying to leave that. Uh, I'm trying to leave that alone. But some, see, here, here's the difference. Let me just drop this in. When you're bitter, you walk around with a frown on your face. When you're bitter, you walk around with an attitude. When you're bitter, you've got to get somebody back. But when you're better, you dance and praise God and you rejoice. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall always be in my mouth. When you're better, you can praise God. Woo! Somebody shout better. Somebody shout better, better. Woo! Yeah, yeah. You needed that. Joseph was in a pit, a dungeon, a jail cell, accused of rape, accused of all kinds of things. But at the end of Joseph's life, in the 50th chapter of the book of Genesis, Joseph looked his accusers in the face, his own family members, and Joseph said, don't y'all bow down in front of me. Uh, y'all don't worship me. I needed to have gone through that. He says, what you meant for evil, God intended it for my good. Somebody know you are better because of, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Woo. Woo. Yeah, yeah. Anybody know you're better? Somebody, somebody say I'm better, not bitter. Let me get to the text. Ooh, let me get to the text. Uh, in this wonderful text, let us examine what God says through the prophetic anointing of Jeremiah. You've got to understand of all the people God could have chosen to written this, he chose Jeremiah. Because see, in order to help somebody go through, you have to have gone through. <laughs> Dr. Hopkins, it's kind of tough to teach a subject matter you don't know. Amen, somebody. It, 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 nobody would ever ask Pastor Jackson to teach engineering. No, nobody would ever ask me to teach a music class. But if you want to teach politics and you want to teach political science or history, I'm your guy. Jeremiah was the guy for the job. Why? Because he was ministering to people who were hurt. He was ministering to people who found themselves in a strange place at a unique time in their lives. The Lord uses Jeremiah to send a word of encouragement to those who were somewhere by the rivers of Babylon, living in captivity. 
Jeremiah knew it because the 20th chapter of the book of Jeremiah, the seventh verse, Jeremiah talks about his own experience with the Lord. How he felt so rejected, he wanted to quit because no one respected him. How even the young people in the village made fun of him. Jeremiah goes on in the 14th verse of the 20th chapter of the book of Jeremiah to say, I cursed the day I was even born. But God needed Jeremiah to go through that earlier so that he could now identify with others who were feeling the same way. Sometimes you wonder about your test and God said your test is really about your testimony. Somebody got that. I I need you to go through the test in order for you to perfect your testimony. And so now God raises Jeremiah up to speak prophetically to these, his people. People who were on the verge of giving up. There's a wonderful reference of scripture that puts this in some context. May I preach this? For Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians had invaded Jerusalem, had taken away all the young, bright minds like these incredible students at Voorhees University today. And they were now finding themselves living in captivity by the rivers of Babylon. There were the musicians, the worship leaders, who were of particular interest to the Babylonians. Because the Babylonians had heard of their ability to create the Zion music. The music from Jerusalem. And so the enemy goes to these young people who are musicians. Nothing worse than an anointed musician who lose their praise and lose their purpose. They just play out of protocol and for the check and not for the anointing. Uh, And so what happens is that they go to these young people and say, can you sing us one of your songs of Zion? And here's what they write in Psalms 137. They write this in Psalms 137. Y'all help me. I'm getting feedback. Okay. They write beside the rivers of Babylon. We sat and wept as we thought of Jerusalem. We put away our hearts, hanging them on the willow trees or on the poplar trees. For those who carried us captives demanded a song from us. Our tormentors insisted on a joy for him. They said, sing us one of those songs of Jerusalem. And they replied in verse number four, but how can we sing the songs of the Lord in a pagan or a strange land. Oh, when you lose your praise because your situation changes, that's a sad situation. Uh, Your place may change, but your praise ought to remain the same. Now, don't y'all fool me, but is there anybody in here ever found yourself praising God broke, sick, depressed, Lonely and hurt. Can I get a witness? 
Sometimes you've got to save your best praise for your worst days. When the enemy says, I know you can't praise God today, you just buried grandmama. You just went through this. You just lost your job. But you tell the enemy, watch me praise God. I will bless the Lord at all times. Somebody open your mouth and support the Lord your God. I dare you to think of the worst thing you ever went through and for the next 10 seconds give God your best praise. to praise him. It is. So God raises up Jeremiah, a man who had been through what they were going through. And God says, I'm going to bless this prophetic word through you, Jeremiah. I need you to send a message to these young people who were about to lose their praise. They were about to give up on me. I need you to send a word about their destiny. Your incarcerated record doesn't make you a criminal. Just because you were locked up doesn't mean you got to stay locked up. Everybody has done something wrong. God is about to wipe the slate cream. God is about to expunge some records right now. God is about to set you free and whom the sun sets free. It's free indeed. So God raises up Jeremiah. I'm almost done. And God says, I need you to speak this word into their spirits. Verse 11, chapter 29. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. Three key quick insights I want to leave with you before I take my seat uh, from this one verse. Insight number one is this. We're going to put it on the screen. Take your phone and take a picture of it because I want it to be embedded in your spirit. Number one is this. God has a plan for our success. Substitute the word our for my success. How many of you know God has a plan for your success? This week, when you're in the classroom, God has a plan for my success. Uh, when you're on your job, God has a plan for my success. When the enemy is on your trail, God has a plan for my success. When you're broke, busted, and disgusted, and you feel like giving up, somebody ought to declare and decree with me, God has a plan. Somebody say, God's got a plan. God's got a plan. 
God's got a plan. I remember several years ago, there was a young man in our church, had a really great job working in the, in, in the, in the coaching business. <sighs> and he had just got news that a lot of people working in athletics and coaches have. Uh, the head coach got fired, he was removed, didn't know what he was going to do, and God just dropped this word in my spirit. I woke up early that morning, got my phone, sent him a very simple message, and the message was, God's got a plan. He said, thank you, Pastor Jackson. Several months later, they flew him to a different state at a different university. Check this out. The new university was paying him while the old university still had to pay him. And he sent the word back for me. I like God's plan. <laughs> uh, is there anybody in here know that God's got a plan? What the enemy thought would take you out would take you up. God can bless you with more. Not less. God has a plan. For our success. Second key insight in this incredible verse is this God's plan is designed for our good. Somebody say, for our good. God's plan is designed for our good. Look at Romans 8 28. Romans 8 28. I had not even planned to share this verse, but I want to let you in on something. Romans 8 28, New Living Translation says this, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And we know that all things work together for good. Somebody get on the devil's nerve quickly. Jump to your feet one time and say good, 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 good. Come on. Declare it over your life. Put your hands right here and say good, good, good. Wave your hands at somebody. Say good, 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 good. Good. Somebody say, good. It's going to work out for your. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Woo. It may not be good to you, but it will be good for you. Everything that's good for you is not good to you. Good. 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 New job, good. New house, good. Better position, good. New relationship, good, 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 good. Stand to your feet, we're done. But we want to share with you the third and the final insight. I need you to take a picture of it. I normally ask you to stand to your feet for that third insight. 
so I know to cut off, okay? Because I feel like preaching, okay? Third and the final insight. Get your phone out, take a picture, write it down. Amen. Some of you old school folk, get your notebook out and and your ink pen. (laughs) I see you writing, mama, okay? Don't y'all... So laugh at my mama. She'll be 88 this year. She can still write, walk, read, and drive. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Write this down. We must have faith in God's plan. Now I want you to hear this because I added this the last few days as I was preparing this message. Always believing thank you Marvin Sapp that God has his hands on you we must have faith come on praise team in God's plan always believing in the midst of everything I'm going through God's got his hands on me. Changing jobs, changing careers. God's has his hands on me. To Voorhees University, God has his hands on you. Dr. Ronnie Hopkins, God has his hands on you. To the Bible Way Church family, to the virtual audience, wherever you may be from California to Rhode Island uh, from Italy to Mexico God has his hands on you have faith in God's plans believe that your family is going to be all right your health is going to be all right One of the incredible mothers whose child was dedicated today. I know your story. I know the health crisis you've gone through. I prayed for you when sickle cell attacked your body. And perhaps the enemy says you won't make it. But God has his hands on you. Who am I preaching to this morning? Anybody know that God has his hands on you? You can leave your seat and meet me at the altar right now and say God has his hands. Come on, come on. God has his hands. For I know the plan I have for you. I know what you're going through. I know how tough it is. I know that it's not always easy. But God's got his hand. God's got his hand. Come on, somebody. Come on. Just wave those hands in the air. Wave those hands in the air. Listen. Pastor Marvin Sapp, who's a dear personal friend who's been to this church several times, he writes this song. And I think he he writes this after he had lost his wife. 
young lady lost her life way too soon. <laughs> Pastor Sapp could have given up. He and I saw each other in an airport a couple years after he had lost his wife. We embraced each other and said, man, I'm praying for you. And tears still flowed down his face. But I'm reminded of how God used his hurt to help somebody else. And so he writes this song and it says he sees the tears you cry. He shares your pain inside. And sometimes you wonder why he allows you to go through what you go through. Just know he has his hand on you. Your days are filled with dark clouds even when the sun is out and from the top of your lungs you shout will there ever be a change what shall I do just know look at someone and say just know he has his hands on you He'll see you through when you cry. He's holding you. Just lift your hands up high. He will provide. Just know he has his hands on you. Listen to this last verse. Sometimes you feel so alone. Like a child lost with no home. They keep telling you to be strong, but you say, when will it end? When will I win? Thank you, Pastor Sam. But just know he has his hands on you. Ah, our dear brother, Elder T.J. Williams and Praise and Worship teams coming right now to bless us. Listen, sing TJ. Right here on your heart. This is for you. This is for you. Take it up from the top, TJ. Listen, he sees. Listen, listen. Uh, 
and he shares Someone in here right now. Speaking to someone like a right. child lost with no home, they keep telling you to be strong, but you say, When will it end? When will I? When will I win? I just want you to know, just know he has his hands. He has. God has his hands on you. Close those eyes. Put your hands right here over your heart. To those of you that are joining us virtually, there are numbers on the screen that you can contact. But listen once again to the words of Jeremiah, chapter 29 and verse 11. For God speaking through this prophetic anointed man of God for I know the plans I have for you says the Lord I'm speaking over someone's life right now there are plans for good <laughs> you will succeed things will work out 
for your good. There are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. <laughs> your future is so bright. Better days are ahead of you. Something good with your name is about to come and touch your life right now. Lift those hands now. Take them off your heart and lift them like you're receiving what God has. Ooh. One more time, TJ. One more time. Come on, quiet his hands. Receive it. Yes, it does. He says he'll see you through. And when you cry, when you cry, he's holding. So just lift, just lift yeah. your hands up high, for he will provide. Eternal Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for this 14th message in this series. Thank you for reminding us that faith matters. Thank you for reminding us that we need to have faith in your plan. Not our plan. Not the church's plan. Not our family's plan. But faith in your plan thank you Lord your plan is for our good and not disaster your plan is to give us a future and a hope we know that things will work out because it is a part of your plan we know that even though we've been hurt we've experience losses it is a part of your plan to comfort us to build us up and to restore our joy thank you Lord uh, students will graduate the university will be successful businesses will be created careers are going to be launched families are going to be strengthened <laughs> bodies are going to be healed <laughs> children are going to grow up safe under your protection this is our prayer in your name we pray and the church said amen and the church said amen come on clap those hands if you want individual prayer, someone is in the back. If you want someone, you want to commit your life to the Lord. If you want to join the church, someone is in the back. To those of you who are virtually, amen. Someone is there right now. God bless you. Come on. Come on. Join in with the praise team.
hands on you. What an awesome word from God. As you continue to stand, we're getting ready to go home. We just want to say a very special thanks once again uh, to Voorhees University. Amen. And before we do that, we want you to remember our vision offering. Amen. Don't forget about our vision offering. Amen. The $7 vision offering that our pastor has said 100% of these funds doesn't go for personnel salary or anything, but it goes for the vision. Last week, we asked, he, our pastor asked that we just do something a little different. Give whatever the Lord lays on your heart something special. God blessed us in so many ways. I think that was the highest amount that we've ever raised for our vision offering yet. And we thank God for that. So, amen. You can give God a praise for that. Continue to give the $7 to Dr. Hopkins. Congratulations. We understand that his family is here with him also. Give God a praise for them from North Carolina. I've gone on several occasions to several funerals down there, and I've had a chance to meet some of them. And we also thank God so much for uh, the chairman of the board of Voorhees University, amen. Mr. Miller is here. He came a little late. Chairman uh, David Miller, thank you so much for being here. I also want to remind those from Voorhees, those family members of Dr. Hopkins, that we have dinners at the Wellness Center that's uh, for to go. You can take them with you in our Wellness Center. With uplifted hands, let's look to God. Don't forget about our Holy Week service, amen. Holy Week service, Tuesday night and Friday night. Let's look to God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, because we know that we have faith in your plan, God. You know the plans that you have for us, God. They are of good and not disaster, God. Thank God they're going to give us a hope and a future, and we thank you for that. Now, God, we thank you for Voorhees University. We thank you for the babies that were dedicated today. We ask that you be with them. Now, God, dismiss us from this place, never from your presence. Let us find peace as we return to our destinations. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said amen, amen, and amen. We're so glad that you chose to share your worship experience with us. If you desire prayer, please call 1-888-776-1238. There are many safe, secure, and easy ways to give to Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. Online giving is available to both members and guests through my connections at bwcar.org. You can choose to give through your bank, checking, debit, or savings account. You can give via our mobile giving app by texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256. You can mail your check to P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not mail cash. Financial donations will also be accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. If you feel as if this service was a blessing to you or if you were moved by the message in any way, please be sure to share it with your family and friends. For additional announcements and for more information, be sure to visit our website. That's BWCAR.org.